Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Miss Phaedra Wright of VIP Fitness and Wellness, coming to you from Vancouver. Phaedra, what's going on? How are you today? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. I'm excited to have you on here. I'm excited to hear the tale of VIP, how we got here, what it looks like today. The how we got here part of this is important for people who aren't familiar with your brand or this business in general. Talk to us a little bit about how we got here. What made you want to start a business in the fitness industry in the first place? And, and when did this all come about? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a personal trainer for a long time. Um, over the years, I worked with many clients and, you know, obviously everybody has such individual needs. And um, I really kind of didn't necessarily plan to open a fitness facility, but I kind of grew the business quite large, outgrew the space that we were kind of renting and um, was kind of almost forced into it in a way, just the, yeah. the, out of like demand and need. So, um, which is a kind of a good problem to be in, but at the same time, um, lots of kind of unexpected things came along with opening and running a business, of course. So um, yeah, when we got the opportunity to open our own facility, um, you know, we, again, seeing everybody quite individually, um, we got an opportunity to uh, set it up a little bit differently and really focus on more of like a holistic approach. Um, we're very, very community focused. We try to be a very like positive and inclusive environment. Um, and really we were trying to break down any barriers that would like typically hold people back from maybe joining a gym or hiring a personal trainer. Um, it can be quite an intimidating environment. So for us, the goal was to um, open a place where everybody felt welcome, everybody felt important and um, like their individual needs were really going to be addressed and cared for. Um, you know, the name VIP, uh, it's not just some fancy exclusive gym. Uh, we really wanted it to be a facility that everybody and anybody could come to and feel like a VIP and get that VIP treatment. And I think we've been able to facilitate that quite well, um, which again, for us is very rewarding. So yeah. it's been quite the awesome journey for sure. And yeah, very, uh, very happy to be where we're at. For sure. And, and so you didn't grow up as a little girl dreaming of owning a gym one day, but here we are nonetheless. You've been a gym owner for the better part of at least uh, half a decade now. Talk to us a little bit about your experience with that. What's been the best part of owning a gym and what's been the most challenging part of owning a gym? Absolutely. Um... Well, best part is what we do in the day to day, um, the community that we've been able to build, um, you know, I think something else that was a really big priority to me was creating a positive environment for the team as well. Um, you know, working at many jobs when I was younger, there was a lot of situations where uh, maybe the owners or bosses didn't necessarily treat the staff with as much respect as I think they deserved. So for me, that was a huge um, priority to create a you know really really positive environment but being able to facilitate that like a great positive place for people to work along with seeing all of the change that we're able to help clients facilitate um, yep. you know watching people go through these transformations and come out of their shell a little bit um, and gain confidence and self-love and all of those things is 
absolutely just definitely the most rewarding part it's so fun it's you know we we really just get to kind of go and hang out and have a good time most days um obviously there's other components to owning a business and running a facility um you know i think uh, especially through covid making sure bills are paid making sure the staff are paid all of those things um it's a lot of pressure and we went from you know being a couple like there was like three of us when we opened and then now like you know before covid we had a staff of like 22 now we have a staff of about 18 um and yeah it's a lot of work it was a lot mm -hmm. of um unexpected components to it and i think it was a big learning curve for sure to um uh yeah just kind of understand the true demands of what you know being a leader along with having like the organization and um you know everything that kind of comes with running a business sure, so sure. definitely lots of learning for sure and um i think making sure that we have enough clients coming in the door has been the biggest i guess you could say challenge not challenge but just something that we've always been having to focus on sure and and i think any gym owner in the industry or, or any industry really doesn't even need to be specific to gym owners can relate to that fact we need a new of people coming in the doors totally. pretty consistently <laughs> How do your numbers now compare to pre-COVID 24 months or so ago? Well, it's a little bit of a unique situation because um, we expanded the business. Uh, basically, it was about a month and a half before COVID hit, before the first shutdown. So, um, yeah, we were pretty new having our own facility at that point. And then, you know, maybe a year and a half into it. And then we opened an expansion. So as far as revenue goes, we have been very consistent. Um, but we opened the expansion. So we were expecting to see a lot of growth. However, we were able to kind of maintain around where we were before COVID um, throughout. Now we're definitely seeing a little bit more of that growth, which is great. But it's um, it was kind of just like holding on for dear life through COVID and just making sure every month, we were pretty much month to month and just making sure those bills were paid and stuff. So yeah, it definitely was, um, it definitely was challenging, but um, you know, now we're in this opportunity where things have opened up a lot more up here and we're able to kind of focus on that growth that we've been hoping to be able to focus on for a while. So. Yeah, it's certainly <laughs> an interesting sort of reset button to yeah. take a look at what we do and, and really focus on the most important parts of the business. Talk to a little bit about the services that we provide, because it's not just one facet here. You guys do a number of different things. If I'm to walk through your doors today, what's available for me? Absolutely. So we, again, like I said, we do more of a holistic approach. So knowing how individual each person's needs, each client needs are going to be, um, we chose to kind of bring in additional options. So our main kind of service that people come to us for is personal training. Um, we also offer like nutrition and lifestyle coaching. Um, we do some more rehab based services. So like massage, kinesiology, fascial stretch therapy. Um, and then we also do like private yoga, boxing and Pilates. We offer a bunch of those services in partner formats as well. Um, and then, like I mentioned, we did open uh, or expand right before COVID and that was focused on group fitness. So we have two group fitness studios. And as far as group fitness goes, we do everything from like yoga, Pilates, bar, we have dance classes, um, all the way to like, you know, boot camp styles, hit circuit style, of course, booty classes. Those are very trendy now. Obviously. And, um, you know, stretch recovery, like boxing, kickboxing so yeah we have a lot going on there which yeah. again can be overwhelming but again we wanted to be able to facilitate and help multiple people in multiple ways and accommodate multiple um uh 
cost brackets. So making sure that we were able to facilitate someone who wanted to maybe spend a little bit less than the private services. That's why we wanted to focus on the group as well a little bit. Definitely. And, and before the conversation of any of those things can take place, we need to get people in through the doors in the first part. You talked about that being a challenge and not exclusive to you challenge to everybody that has a business in this sort of yeah. industry. Talk to us about the marketing that goes into this. What have yeah. you found to be successful in generating leads and what are you looking at moving forward as new strategies to potentially utilize? Yeah. So, um, we have been very social media based, um, in the beginning and growing the business. So lots through Instagram, um, just building that community up. Um, I think, you know, sharing our clients, like true stories is really inspiring for people. We got great, um, before and after transformation. So, um, being able to share some of those has been really great for our marketing. Um, we do some like paid advertising, but it's not the main source. I think it really comes down to um, building community partnerships, um, like I said, social, um, and then referrals, word of mouth, those kinds of things have been really great as well for us. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it always will be, and it should be, referrals, word of mouth, those leads are typically free. Mm -hmm. pretty high quality client people that have money to do personal training know other people who have money to do personal training yeah it is it's, it's an extension of the business that we should naturally take advantage of and the downside is that there's probably a limit to it right at a certain point we're going to tap out the potential and, and hit a plateau of sort you mentioned supplementing that at least with some sort of paid advertising is that on social media is that what you were referring to um, we do some on Google and then some like Facebook, Instagram stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. How successful has that been? I think that's a really interesting topic for us because people mm. in fitness either completely stay away from it, think it's the devil or embrace it wholeheartedly and swear by it. Where, where do you find yourself on that sort of spectrum? Well, to be honest, I guess I'd be more in the middle. I don't think it's something that you can fully rely on. I think that it really does come down to um, building up a business that people want to talk about. Um, so again, like more heading back to those like referral word of mouth, those are, like you said, going to be probably the top quality um, leads that you're going to get. But that being said, I think it really does help with your um, Google positioning, things like that, to be active on um, Google marketing and stuff like that. So I think it's worth doing a bit, but at the same time, I don't think you can like fully rely on that as the only source of your leads. I think you got to be focusing on multiple, multiple sources for sure. Is that something that you guys handled in-house or is that outsourced with somebody? Um, it's one of our clients that we work with. Uh, he works with us and then we work with him. So um, it's a great partnership because we do have a little bit more of a closer relationship with him. Um, we did work with a previous company that we had a really bad experience with and we just dumped a bunch of money into it yeah. and we got like no leads and yeah so we kind of learned the hard way that the source of it needs to be properly vetted and you need to make right. sure that you're going with a reputable company um, and doing it the right way. I think there can be ways that people structure it um, when they're used to maybe marketing other business types, other services. I do think marketing for fitness specifically is a little bit unique. So I think you need Great. someone who truly understands it and, and gets fitness. And that's why having one of our clients 
do it like he is actively working with us he knows the services yeah they know what we're doing like yeah the culture and stuff so i think that's important to maybe find someone who actually works out that is also doing that kind of like marketing right yeah and and i think that's that's an important point for us to address as well is that a lot of people have been burned in the past and have Mm -hmm. sort of a jaded idea of working with any kind of agency or marketing company and it's unfortunate, but there are plenty of people, plenty of bad examples out there, not unlike the fitness industry itself. There are really, really good examples and there are really, really poor examples. And it is what it is. (laughs) Finding something that jives with your style of running a business is key. Take us to the next step in the process, Phaedra. Obviously, leads are leads. Having leads is wonderful, but it doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day until they convert to some sort of paying customer. Mm-hmm. Walk us through what a typical sales process looks like. We get leads in from whatever source they come from. What happens between that moment and someone signing up as a member? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we have an admin team. So we have a full team that kind of takes care of usually any walk-ins or um, any lead submissions. They would be reaching out to them, typically through phone, um, calling them. We do text our clients sometimes as well. So a little bit of the texting. Um, and then we would try to either set up a quick phone call to kind of just do a quick brief, get to know them a little bit better, a little bit about their goals. Um, and then we would bring them in for a complimentary consultation. Um, and in that consultation, you know, again, lots of like, you know, goal discovery. Um, We do a tour of the facility um, and then tell them a little bit more about our services. But I think it really comes down to um, prioritizing them and their needs and making sure that you're truly listening to what they're looking for um, and building that kind of trust and relationship right off the bat. I think that's really, really important when it comes to sales of any kind, but especially fitness because it is such an intimate service and you're really people are letting you into areas of their life that typically they don't talk about or work with people on so it's yeah building trust is definitely important in that process i couldn't agree more with you on anything but specifically (laughs) that is is conversion percentage is that something that you guys track do you have a a gut feeling of how many people we close out of 10 or out of 100 Yeah, absolutely. We definitely do a decent amount of kind of like tracking as far as like um, lead conversion, like submission conversion versus um, how many people came in for the consultation versus how many people actually signed up. Yeah. Okay. Is it where you want it to be? Do we have room for improvement there? I think everything has room for improvement. I don't think you can ever say like, oh, it's perfect. It's good. I'm not going to keep working on it. I think that's what makes a really good entrepreneur is always trying to uh, improve processes. I don't think you can ever just sit back and settle and say, okay, it's done. I don't think a business is ever done. If you want it to continue to grow, you've got to always be um, thinking about how it can be better. So absolutely not saying it's not good. I think we do a really great job. No, I I think that's, that's a pretty um, important point is no matter how good it is, if it's not a hundred percent, we could stride towards closer (laughs) to that. And so you guys are tracking this do we want to improve on it? Of course. Do we want to improve on everything? Naturally. 100%. If you were to, so, cause we have a number of services available. Are you guys at that point of sale steering people towards some sort of specific service or is it later on once they're a member recommending maybe some sort of cross sell or upsell? Yeah. So, um, 
it again it, it lots of conversation does happen in that sign up process about what their needs are so we definitely chat about how we can help them um in that setup session but i think you know a lot of people do come in thinking oh i'm just going to do the personal training and then they do end up like down the road maybe seeing someone else doing a private kickboxing session or something there and then they get interested in it so i think it's a combination but we definitely try to address initially what needs we think the clients would have and how we could help facilitate them you know achieving their goals and what services are going to help them the most um but then i think also there's a big component of them seeing the services happening in the day-to-day -day and then wanting to kind of expand what they're doing with us or same with the group fitness like a lot sure. of the time people will come in thinking i just want the private and then they'll end up doing the other the group and then vice versa they'll kind of start with the group and then be like oh you know what maybe i do want to try some of the private services yeah. too so. yeah and so a combination of both and mm -hmm. this yeah. whole conversation phaedra has been around growing a business in the fitness industry going from a to b for you as the leader of this, looking into the future, what is that B? What's the, the big vision for this? Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, I think it, it changes a lot. Um, through COVID, obviously, it kind of adjusted a little bit as well. Like focusing on the expansion was a huge thing for us. Um, I mean, end goal, of course, I think I would love to see like multiple locations and, um, you know, like growing the team, more people in the door, those kinds of things. But um, yeah, I think just like general growth at this point is the main focus. Um, and then down the road, yeah, like I said, I would love to open up more facilities. Um, I think for me, like designing and planning and doing all of that stuff is definitely one of my favorite parts of the business. So I would absolutely love to get the chance to do that again at some point for sure. Yeah, it's it's sort of a natural evolution of the business owner. I'm sure when you opened up, you were the person unlocking the doors. You were the person training oh. a lot of clients. You were the person probably scrubbing toilets at some point. Oh yeah. It's I still natural do that to want sometimes. to get away from that and, and elevate at some yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and so that'll be an interesting process and and one that we'll certainly be following on. We'll have to get you back on yeah. to check in with you down the road and see how Better, that goes. Phaedra, yeah. before we close out of here and, and sign out of this interview entirely, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they could learn a little bit more about the business. Is there social media? Is there a website? Where can people go? Absolutely. Yeah. So we are on social, of course. So our handle is VIP Fitness and Lifestyle. Uh, Vancouver. Um, and then we have a uh, website, vipfitnessandlifestyle.com. Simple and easy enough. Phaedra, this has been a bunch of fun. I really appreciate your openness and, and letting us in a little bit on how VIP functions and what you're thinking about when it comes to growing a business. I can't thank you enough for your time. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. Yeah, this is great. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic Tan, here with my guest, owner of Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping, Jordan Creek in West Des Moines, Iowa. Tracy White, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And yourself? Uh, doing fantastic. Um, excited to hop in and, and learn more about your, your club. So tell us about FXB Jordan Creek. Yes. Um, well, thank you. Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping, otherwise known as FXB, is an overall fitness way of life. Um, we are based upon the tenets of Taekwondo, but allowing somebody that is not a, like martially art trained can do still do some martial arts. So we offer, you know, transformations, total body transformations of the body and the soul, the mind, um, not just a diet, not something that you do and then you're done. This is something that you can realistically sustain forever. Um, you can achieve your goals by combining cardio kickboxing, strength training, nutritional guidance, personal coaching, heart rate tracking. We give a chance to win $1,000 four times a year. And then if for some reason following the program, you just don't achieve your goals, we offer a $500 money back guarantee. Awesome. And that awesome. is Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping. At least in a nutshell, we're going to dive in on in some, of those, some of those things a little bit more, but um, let's get a little bit of a story behind you as the owner, how you came to be involved in it. Give us the background. Yes. Um, you know, I never started out thinking that I was ever going to be a gym owner. Um, we had moved out from Eastern Iowa to the Des Moines metro area. And my husband was looking for a gym and he started doing ferals, had wonderful success. Um, he was like, Hey, you know, Tracy, you should, you should join too. And just like so many others out there, I had every excuse in the book. Why not to join, you know? <laughs> oh, the kids, I'm busy, this, that, and the other. Well, after seeing some unflattering photos of myself at Christmas time, um, I just turned 40. I decided, you know what, maybe it was time for a change. So I jumped in um, on a January 10-week session at Farrell's and had great success, loved the program, felt so welcome. I mean, for somebody that was always afraid to go to the gym to feeling like I truly had like a, a home was fantastic. So right after I completed my 10 week session, um, I started coaching and then instructing. And then as life would have, have it that summer, the current owner at the time had approached my husband because he had taken a different job and wasn't going to be able to run the gym and said, Hey, is this something you and Tracy would be interested in possibly doing? And, you know, it just kind of worked out. So that's how in August of 2019, I became a gym owner. Awesome. Well, I mean, there aren't, there aren't a lot of uh, better ways to get in than being part of the family, having that conviction, knowing what it's like for the user experience uh, to see what it's like on that side, the fulfillment. And then, all right, let me see, you know, kind of under the hood, this is what the business looks like. Yeah, it's something we're interested in. Um, and for you, uh, you kind of came into this thing guns blazing a little bit 
because you saw the opportunity, bought the business, but almost immediately had plans and then executed a move and expansion and updating. Um, a little of that facilitated by the fact that your husband is in the contracting business, but you know, taking on a new business is one thing, um, compound that with a move. Uh, how did you know that you had to do it right away? What were the things that factored into that in, in your plans as an owner? Well, a couple of different things. First of all, when we did take ownership, um, Barrels had just updated what they called their brand standards. So we took a look at the space and the lease was going to be up in a couple months anyway. And so we ran a cost benefit analysis. Okay, this is what it's going to cost to fix up the space to get it to the brand standards versus moving it a couple miles to a new space and making it our own. Um, the big thing, like things like bathrooms, they were really not great. And again, a lot of people think of, you know, like kickboxing studios, maybe not always having the world's best bathrooms, but really we wanted to give our customers that boutique feel that, you know what, they're going to a boutique type gym, you know, they're part of the family. Let's, 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 let's give them a nicer space. So that, and then just compounded with the fact that we were either have to sign a new lease at our current place or move anyway. So again, it worked pretty well. All right. So I think it was a big realization there. Uh, and it's great that you said it, like maybe those types of gyms didn't have the reputation for having that boutique feel, but again, you bought into it. You remember, you knew, you know, some of the ins and outs and you're like, if we're going to do this, basically we're going to go hundred percent. We're going to over deliver. We're going to have this different thing where the execution is going to be to the level that people would expect for, you know, martial arts and things like that. But we also want to be right up there with, you know, maybe the, the user experience someone might expect from one of the bigger boutique brands or something like that. So kind of best of both worlds there. Sorry, All right. So you, you get in, you got a couple months, you build out a new, new facility. So everything is to spec. It's the way that, that you want it. Um, were there any other major changes? And, and I always say this when there's a change of ownership, not a knock on previous owners, but fresh blood, fresh eyes, any other major changes you made besides having a new facility in execution and fulfillment, anything like that when you took over? Well, one of the things that we noticed right away in digging into, because my background was in, in banking. And so I did a lot of investigating and came across just things like instructor certifications. They weren't really up to date. Um, so that was a huge project. Um, the head coach at the time really hadn't been trained up because again, the owner was taking this new job and he didn't have time to train her. So she kind of got just thrown into it. So there was a little bit of a challenge trying to work with her, um, coming in as a new owner, getting to know really just the systems and the operations part of it, because there, again, there wasn't really an owner's manual. Um, so getting into the systems, I had a little bit of help, but most of it was trial and error. It was talking to other owners. It was, you know, going, having some very creative ways of figuring out the actual processes to keep the gym afloat. Got it. So you knew from 
the standpoint of being a coach and being a former client that the fulfillment side of things felt like this great community. You knew how to build and interact with that. But the behind the scenes stuff was where you really needed to come in and, and put your own stamp on it, make it organized, get get that side to come up to the same standard that you had experienced on the front of house, so to speak. Correct. Yep. All right. So again, we keep going back to it, but it was something that drew you in, something that kept you. One of the things you've put a lot of work in is this family atmosphere, community building aspect of the fulfillment of the gym. Are there any other big things there um, that you put into place or that you kind of you know, put more emphasis on as you continue to keep that, the kind of overarching theme or feeling in the gym? Well, that's a really loaded question because kind of sticking with the timeline, about three months after we opened up our new space, we were rocking and rolling, had a great 10-week session going, then COVID hit. And as everyone, everyone knows that, and then we were shut down. Mm -hmm. And we were shut down for, you know, two and a half, three months. Then we were able to open with only 10 people at a time, 10 people per class in the gym. So it was like a coach or like an instructor, somebody at the front desk and eight people on the floor. So our challenge was how do we keep our Farrell's family a family when we can't see each other at the gym? What can we do to keep that engagement up? And so I'm pretty proud of the fact that we were able to go to virtual almost immediately. I mean, there was a few hiccups, like we had a little camcorder <laughs> on a tripod with an extension cord for a while. Um, but we would have an instructor, two or three instructors a day come into the gym and we would tape live classes and then send out the links. Um, and then we'd run like challenges from home and we utilized our Facebook group. We had a members only Facebook group and did a lot of engagement with that. And then really pumped up when we were able to open back up. We had a great, you know, welcome back ribbon cutting. And we've really tried to since then have everyone of, so we have a party at the end of each of our session to kind of congratulate the new students that had graduated as well as just make it a gathering for the whole gym. Um, really kind of amp those up and amp up just overall, we added in another program, which was like an employee refer or a, like a customer referral program for attending classes, referring other people, they get like gift cards and merchandise and stuff. Just again, other little engagement tools to thank our customers for sticking with us, um, giving them little like membership perks, t-shirts, blender bottles, things like that periodically to just again, thank them for being loyal customers and sticking with us. Okay, so you took the, uh, the poke in the eye from COVID, quickly pivoted into hey, how can I strengthen the community through this? And then through that, kind of added on all these other things that are now still, some of them, obviously you don't have to be virtual. Um, now you can be in person and things there. But a lot of those other things that you had to do because of COVID realize, hey, these things are gonna strengthen the community anyway. So we're gonna rock and roll with these. And, and it's kind of just carried out through since then. Yes, and what's one thing though that we kind of found with our virtual um, process was we were able to actually get new students from across the country that there aren't ferals nearby. Maybe they moved, maybe they did it back in the day. So we've got members 
from across the country that are virtual members. So they do nothing but virtual. They've got their gloves, wraps. They ordered a um, kit, like a, a bag. Um, they have our bands. And so they do, we still live stream one class a day and then send out the links. So people get new content daily to do at home. Okay. All right. So you were able to get people outside your reach and you're still maintaining that yep. to a degree, even though you don't have to. Correct. Yep. All right. Cool. So one of the other things that factors in, I think it's got a, a lot of upside and something that's really a big part of FXB is for onboarding, whether they're in the midst of your quarterly challenge or just somebody coming in, um, the quarterly challenges, you have groups, there's some built-in camaraderie there, there's all that. But no matter what, when people come in, um, you're introducing, introducing them to your systems, um, showing people, you know, ways to get really, um, you know, remarkable re results up front and really getting them bought in versus just, hey, come in, this gym membership is going to be great, rah, rah, rah. So um, talk to me a little bit about how you feel like that fits into your community and also uh, your retention. Uh, I think we talked about generally being, you know, it, or you're in the high 90s percentile most of the time month over month, how do you feel like the challenge feeds into that? Well, I mean, that is in line, kind of one of our biggest challenges. I mean, my biggest challenge as a head coach owner is the way our program is set up is realistically every, at the start of the 10 weeks, we go back to the basics. We go back to, and then we move up like higher, like banding, you know, more complicated kickboxing moves. So how, as an owner, do I get somebody that wants to start? Because somebody doesn't want to have to wait another 10 weeks to join a member. If they want to join, they want to join today. So I put in a program called, we love Ackermans, or um, it's called FIST, which is Farrell's Instruction Starting Today. So we have these FIST mentors in each class time. Those are student, longtime students that maybe don't want to um, commit the time to being like a full-fledged coach or instructor, but still come every day, have good form, still love the program. So what we do is a new student coming in, we pair them up with one of the FIST mentors in the class. And that FIST mentor stands right next to them, you know, helps get them onboarded in class. So they don't feel like we're just literally throwing them out into, you know, the mat and say, have fun. Um, plus our instructors, they... I mean, we take great pride overall about our program being safe. Um, we have people that are 15 that can take our program. We have a couple that's in their mid eighties that still do kickboxing and anybody can do the program um, no matter where you are in your fitness goals. Um, so we really look at safety being a top priority and for new students coming in, we wanna make sure they get trained so they are safe and they don't get an injury. Right. So you have your your instructors who are leading these sessions and, and building rapport and, and keeping everything going, but also these other people, they're they're kind of like a, a goodwill ambassador slash yes. safety monitor slash you know built-in gym BFF right yep. from the get-go. So you're really getting people involved in the community on multiple levels just to start. Yes, because if they start in the middle of a session and they don't get engaged, we've, I mean, full disclosure.
disclosure, we've had people that weren't super engaged and shame on us for not getting them onboarded as well because they never really stayed with it. And I could tell, I mean, you can just tell you really need to get people engaged when they first get into the gym or else you might lose them. Yeah, immediate activation and consumption is is probably one of the biggest things that factors into retention. You know, people are either, you probably, if you dig in the data, uh, almost every facility, you know, you can look at how often they attend, how quickly, what things they get involved in, and for how long. And, you know, there's, you know, across the industry, I think there's, you know, different points, you know, if somebody stays 90 days, they're probably likely to stay six months. If, If someone stays eight months, I think that ninth month almost always carries over to an average of 14. So there are these big points of, of data that you can collect And the more engaged somebody is, you know, we're not in the model of an access gym where you want seven to 10% of your people to show up and hope, you know, right. The coaching model, the higher touch, if people aren't using it, they're immediately out of danger of cancellation. So the challenges are the main entry point into people starting off with you. So what are the main ways that you're getting people in? Are you doing, you know, social media marketing? Are you doing events? Are you doing a lot of, um, you know, organic, you know, just kind of hand-to-hand combat and guerrilla marketing? What are the main things that are working for you right now to get people in the doors? I'm going to say yes to all those. um, Honestly, our biggest, the number one way to really get people in are customer referrals. I Mm. mean, there is nothing better than a customer customer testimony. Hey, my people at their job say, you look great. What are you doing? Ferrell's come in, try every week. That's great. Um, So we do run some pretty major referral campaigns a couple times a year. We always have like a basic referral program that goes on all the time. We also do Facebook, um, Instagram. Um, I have some younger gals that are working with me now. I'm trying to get them into like TikTok and Snapchat, you know, like get the kids. Um, We also have like a website that's pretty intuitive. We do events. Um, Our whole um, Des Moines metro area are going in and doing the Iowa State Fair this summer, which is, I mean, mean, in the state of Iowa, it's a big deal. So um, we're doing things like that. We do um, local businesses. Um, We have some pretty big insurance companies close to the gym. So we'll come in and offer do like lunch and learns for their folks. And then we do partnerships to where, you know, we give them a discount. Um, So we really try to do a little bit of everything. I mean, that's probably our biggest challenge right now post COVID is getting the numbers back up. I mean, people are ready to come in the gym and they're thinking about it, but it's just, what is it gonna take to pull that Band-Aid and get them back in the doors? Cause they all admit they need it. A lot of them have done a Ferrell's and they're like, yeah, I had great results, I wanna come back. <laughs> okay, so come back. So that's just, if I could figure out exactly how to do that, but it's, it's, it's a slow process, but I see a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, for sure. There's a couple of things that you mentioned. I mean, we could go on for hours about this, but there's a couple of things that I wanted to um, dig in a little bit there. Uh, one is you said that you always have a baseline referral program going on, and then you do kind of bigger referral events. When you do these 
are these conversations that are, are there things that you're doing intentionally with clients to say, hey, if you refer somebody, you get this bonus or this prize or a leaderboard? Like, what are the big things that move the needle for you on the referral side? Because everybody loves referrals. I mean, they're, they're the golden ticket. They are. Um, so we are running a contest this 10-week session, which we have never done before. It's trying it out. The, if a person refers someone to the 10-week session and the per, their person wins the $1,000, we're giving them $1,000 to. Heck yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to right? that, that hasn't been amazing yet. Um, but we um, last quarter did a Yeti cooler. If you brought somebody in, we actually put the tickets, the raffle tickets in the Yeti cooler to kind of visualize it. Um, our basic, I mean, we have a $50 referral credit going all the time. So if somebody you refer joins, you get 50 bucks on your account. Um, and then we usually do like a share the love type, type campaign, back to school. Um, don't gonna do like a super mom campaign where you can get like a little Mother's Day package at a really low price point to give to moms and gives us an opportunity to get the moms in and get them signed up. So we're always trying to think of different ways because people won't give a referral unless it's there's kind of something in it for them. I mean, they've got it's got to be like urgent. It has to be, you know, there has to be reasons why people give referrals. I mean, as a business, we need my crew needs to get better about asking for referrals all the time because that really is the bread and butter. For sure. Yeah. And, and you kind of hit the nail on the head there where I was going to go is it's hard enough for us as business owners, as fitness pros to get people to come in on any basis with advertising, with different things. So it's even harder for somebody to just, you know, to get their friend who has every excuse in the world off the couch. And if there isn't some kind of opening or something that they can use to start the conversation, I think a lot of people want to refer, but they don't know how. So the better we can help them the better the chances are. It, almost everybody who stays at a gym for any amount of time, they want their friends and family to come. They they don't know how to get them off the couch. It's it's a hard enough struggle for us. So I love that you're you're trying to work on giving your clients opportunities, handing them things that they can use for referral, and then going from there. The other thing that you touched on was you know having some people that are in your ecosystem work on these different social media channels. Um, you know, we're seeing right now, um, TikTok especially is like this new frontier. It's like Facebook was in 2013, where um, they have an advertising platform that's, it's not as mature, it's not as, as refined as say Facebook and Instagrams are, but for people who are hitting that frontier earlier, getting a few posts a week up on TikTok, and then going into the ad platform, it's really like, there isn't a lot of competition there. So it drives the lead costs down. It gets people in your door who, if you're a fun facility, right? Cause TikTok is all about fun. That doesn't take themselves too seriously. You can really crush the market there. So um, I think it's good that you have people going in, trying to get that going. Um, I've seen people experiment with Snapchat. Uh, I haven't seen a huge ROI there because of the way you know, their platforms work, but TikTok, you know, if, if I could say anything, you know, to you and to people listening, like if, if you have a gym that's, that's hardcore and really serious and everybody's, you know, straight faced, 
maybe it's not the platform, but if you actually have fun, if there's people, you know, joking around and high fives and smiles, like go hard into TikTok. Now is the time to, to hit that absolutely as hard as you can. Yep. So as you, as we come, um, close to the end of the time that we have here, one more topic I want to hit that gets super overlooked. I mean, you're in it, you're seeing it, um, you know, you were already part of Ferrell's. So, you know, you can tell me how many different concepts you looked at. One of the great things I love about your model and similar models, I don't think there's anything exactly the same is operational capacity is super high for people per square foot, even with COVID restrictions, even with social distancing, everything, you can still serve more people at a high quality, get good results per square foot than some of the other models out there, things that use, you know, rigs and barbells and tons of equipment and all that stuff. Like it's self-contained and it allows you to maximize that space. So was that something that you looked at when you were making the decision to actually purchase or not when it came to the, you know, your, your banking background, the financial viability of it? And is that something where you feel like as you continue to grow and scale, you're going to be in a good position because of it? Yeah, um, really what a nice combination of both my husband's background and my background and his in engineering is we knew we had X amount of space. How do we maximize the mat space and you know tighten everything else because we don't really need a giant front desk area. We need it to be functional, but how do we get the most bang for our buck on the mat? And so we did look at that and we looked at ways to make it a little bigger. Um, we did some modifications that were different than the old location to, again, just even give a couple more inches um, to the mat space. And um, yeah, it's paid off. I mean, for, during COVID, we were able to still, once we were able to, we we're still able to get a good 25, 30 bags, six foot pulled each direction. And, you know, that was what the rule was. So, um, and now, I mean, people, if they wanted to share a bag and we could realistically, I mean, it would be, it would be full, but 50 first, 50 people to a class would be doable, especially one on the bag, one off the bag. And if we could fill all nine classes at 50 people, that would be fantastic. Yeah. There's a, a really, really cool calculation. And uh, I've seen a bunch of different people use it, but you know, when you're looking at this, if you're an owner and you're trying to figure out, you know, why the numbers, you know, the napkin math isn't adding up, or if you're looking at an opportunity, if you don't ever sit down and do the math of, you know, dollars per class, you know, per student and how you can maximize that. And I'm not saying it's, it's all about squeezing out every dollar, but you know, the, the more revenue you have, the healthier the business is, the more people you can help. Like really you have to look at, does my model make sense, right? Does the rent, does it cover? Can I be in a position where I can give a good wage to a coach or, you know, do I have a big enough space where uh, I might need two coaches to service this many people or a head coach and assistant, whatever it is. But when you really look at it, it's like, you, you know, if your classes are an hour or 45 minutes, whatever they are, how many people can I service well? What is that dollar amount? And then what's my, you know, what's my maximum? Like you said, you have nine classes a day. Is that what you said you have? Yep. So you have nine classes a day. They're never all going to be 100% because gym goers are, are fickle and only go at certain times. But right. 
you know what you could be, right? You build up for peak time and then you, you scale from there. But just knowing that you have that capacity and maybe somebody gets, you know, if somebody gets the same results in a smaller footprint, the business is healthier. Again, you continue to make a good living, help more people. It kind of all goes. So um, I love that model. I think it's one of those things where, you know, you, you picked your space, you can, you can service a lot of people, but it's still, it's, it's doesn't become, um, you know, you have, you have the, uh, what was the name? What do you give it to the, the, the kind of buddy system that you have for people in the gyms? It's um, fist ferals instructions starting today. Right. There you go. So on top of that, if you're going to, because it's, I like to play both sides. If you're going to have that many people, it's really good to also have a system where they don't get lost, where they get engaged, where they can help. But, you know, if somebody's out there listening and they're doing math, like figure out how many square feet somebody's going to use. And if you're not sure, figure out the equipment that you need, do a workout or watch somebody do a similar workout and really figure that out. Like you said, your husband's, you know, engineering background really help the contracting. Like you can, we literally pull the tape measure, like yeah. put the tape measure and oh my gosh. Yep. Use the tape measure, figure it out because there's, there's nothing like thinking you can help 20 people. And then you do your, you, you get out there with the tape measure and you can help 10. So I love that you paid a lot of attention to that. It went into the the whole plans there. So to wrap up here, um, what, what's in the future for you, uh, with, with FXP? Is it, you know, fill this facility up and then just, just enjoy it. Just kind of do different things in there. Do you think you'd ever want to have another one? Like what are the, what are the big goals? Big goals? Um, really just fill this one. Um, but I mean, we'd be open for opening another location, most definitely if something popped up. Um, really, it's just getting a grasp on being a gym owner. And I know that seems strange, but with COVID, it took a good, you know, the whole, the whole system kind of went away for a little bit. So now it's just getting back to the new normal and continuing to transform lives um, one day at a time. And, and when people change, you know, it's, it makes, it fills my heart. It's why I do it. Awesome. Yeah. And, and nobody's going to have more conviction, more belief in FXB than, than you and your husband, because you've been in it, you've lived it, you've seen it, you've, you've consumed it. You didn't come in at this as a, uh, just as an investor for outside, you saw it, you loved it. You wanted to keep the community and grow it. So I think the sky's the limit. Uh, COVID was a, a punch in the face for a lot of people, but you're still here with us. We're thankful. I'm sure your community is thankful. So uh, yeah, I, I, I see good things in your future. I hope to be checking in on you. Uh, but in the, for now, um, before we before you uh, leave us, give us your website, social media, any place people can find you. Yes, um, www.fxbjordancreek.com is our website. Um, Jordan, um, FXB Jordan Creek is our Facebook and we don't really use our Instagram as much and soon to follow TikTok. We, <laughs> I won't advertise that yet because okay. who knows what we have on there, but our big thing, I mean, if you go to our, um, website, it talks all about the program. It has a list of all of our instructors. Um, it really is a very comprehensive, it's a well put together website. 
tons tons of good info in there. Check out check out, uh, check out uh, FXB uh, if you're a potential you know franchisee coach whatever the case may be. Really cool system, Tracy. I really appreciate you being on here with us today. It's been a pleasure having you. You too. Well, thank you for your time, Dominic. You, you're very welcome. And everyone out there, thank you for your time. We appreciate you being here with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's awesome. going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Conic Runyon of Base Camp Fitness West Loop, coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Conic, what's going on, man? How are you today? Doing well, doing well. It's a beautiful day here. Um, I'm back actually in Minnesota for a couple of days here, just checking out the Woodbury location. Um, they're actually grand opening as a Saturday. Uh, and so I'm really excited for them and I kind of want to check it out, see how it's different from mine and kind of see how I can incorporate some things they have in their studio into mine. Got it. Okay. Yep. And so always on the search for greater yep. knowledge, always looking for ways we can tinker and improve within our own business. Before we, before we dive in on, on the strategies and tactics and everything that you do day to day running your location, I want to, I want to hear a little bit of the context of how we got here in the first place. Yep. And so for you, when the thought occurred, hey, I want to open up my own gym and, and take this as far as I can, what was going through your head? When did all of this come to be? Um, so in college, I was, I majored in finance and it was just something that obviously that, although I enjoyed business school and finance, right? I didn't want to sit, I uh, just couldn't sit behind a desk all day. Um, I said, I'm very ADHD. I like to get moving. I like to stand. I like to work out. I've always liked to work out. Um, it's been one of my favorite things just because I always grew up super skinny. And so my family has always been in franchising with Anytime Fitnesses. Excuse me. And Anytime Fitness is obviously, you know, a huge global brand. Mm-hmm. And so um, many years ago, Anytime Fitness acquired Basecamp Fitness and rebranded them throughout the years. And so when it was coming close to that end and I was like going back and forth, um, I've always worked in studios. I worked at Anytime Fitnesses growing up and I worked at Base Camp Fitness North Loop uh, for a couple of years. And then um, I was like, you know, I really like enjoyed the brand. I thought it was really fun, great potential, great upside, great team behind it, great leadership behind Base Camp. 
and I just enjoyed the workout. Like I said, I was never a big group fitness guy in the beginning. I always did my own thing. You know, I was like kind of a gym rat in that sense, you know, just going with headphones on and lift some weights. But base camp provided me with a great alternative to lifting. It created me with a great work, uh, cardio workout, but also great strength workout. But also, it provided me with a workout that I didn't get bored with. It was just switching up mm-hmm. every day. The intervals were so quick that my mind stayed busy and I didn't get distracted or just think wishing it was over. Yeah. Um, and so from there, obviously, I reached out. I thought, hi, when's Base Camp Chicago coming? I can't wait to you know, go out there, sign up, be a member. And they said, probably not for three to four years. And I said, well, that's, you know, I, I kind of, I'd love to change that for you. And I was really close to the leadership at that time and stuff. And so pulled the money together. And from there, um, went through the franchising process with that. Yeah. And, and so here you are, right? Yep. Now we are operating. When did you get this started? When did the doors open up? So we opened December 6th, actually, of last year. So a few, we're only a few months old, right? Yeah. And we opened right before. Um, so I thought when I first did my pre-sale, I was like, this is going to be perfect. We're going to open right before Q1, the, you know, Super Bowl of Fitness, right? Everyone's going to look for a new studio, want to crush some goals, right? And they feel a little bloated and out of shape from Christmas, holidays, right? I thought, awesome. So uh, opened December 6th. And then we had some construction issues. I had to shut down for like a week, but like I said, that wasn't the biggest worry. Um, January hit and I was super excited. Team was ready to rock and roll. But honestly, that uh, in Chicago, we got hit with a few things. One is this is extremely cold. Um, one. Two is we had a big Omicron spike. Three is masks were in place and four, the vaccine mandate came out. Mm. And so from there, all four of those things really hurt the business. Um, I opened with 350 members pre-sale, uh, broke, breaking the pre-sale record there for franchisees. And then I actually ended up losing probably 170 members wow. through that day. Yeah, from the end of February, I was losing. Like February is when it started to drop off. I started to stop losing members. For that two months, like I said, it just wasn't good growth. I was losing members. It was really tough. I was just like, yeah, it was really draining. Um, and from there, like I said, I think it was a combination of all those things, right? Working on a mask is terrible. Group fitness people, honestly, from my perspective, look for a lot of reasons to not work out, right? Um, that's why they're there to, they're to get motivated. That's part, right? of, the, so that's part of the allure. Of the, a reason not to work out. They're like, all right, I'm going to take it, you know? And so I, got, I kind of saw that a little bit. Um, but yeah, then, like I said, obviously, the light at the end of the tunnel came through. And so we had a great, phenomenal march. Um, had some, like I said, we did a lot of sales training, role playing at that moment, right? We had a great opportunity to kind of just improve our processes and learn a lot during that February and March. So March, we got another coach, um, role played a lot, improved our sales. I actually bought a book for our whole team to read on sales. And we kind of all just like learned from each other that way. And so we went from converting to like one of the worst studios at like 12%. And now we're up in the top percent, top five, um, top four at like 36, 37% right now. Yeah. And in, in not a long window of time either. It's no, no. A lot no, of another very, short window. So yeah, now they're very competitive with it. Like the girls. Um, so it's myself and Paula are the two only guys and Paul's my fitness manager, but the girls, like my front desk girls are phenomenal. Um, Alona and Cy and Dana's another coach at McKinley. But like I said, they're very competitive with sales. They'll teach each other. They'll run off each other and they just they work really well together. Yeah. And so I think if we take a step back and look at the, the five or so months that you guys have been in, in operations, pretty serious roller coaster of emotions, 350 breaking records coming out of the gate, yep. losing 50% of that membership and now yeah. somewhat coming back up and, and stabilizing and, and 
taking the next step in terms of growth and how yeah. we can build this facility moving forward. And it's, kind it's of most of our members are not our members, excuse me, most of our listeners are gym owners themselves. So mm-hmm. they can definitely attest to that yeah. sort of emotional roller coaster. For well, it's, it, it's crazy. Cause you open, like I said, 350 was a goal. At first, I didn't even think I was going to hit. There's moments back in my pre-sale where like I'd have my check-ins, you know, corporate a little bit and corporate's always putting the pressure on, which I should do. Um, but they're like, they're a little nervous. I could tell like they're sweating at night sometimes. And then I decided to refine my processes. I took a step back, looked at it all and broke it down one by one and made every process I say 1% better. Um, and from there, we just sold a lot better. I, I remember my pre-sale for a couple, I had to fire my first fitness manager during my pre-sale. And so for like a month, my pre-sale was just me. Um, and then eventually hired some the other team that I have now. But when you open with 350, you're like, I'm going to start opening, making money. This is great. And every day, yeah, profitable from day yeah, one. This is to, dream, you have to cancel yeah. some people, and then they get charged after their trials up, and they're very frustrated. And as a new business, when you're, I'm very dependent on good reviews and Yelp and word of mouth, right? It's best to refund them than fight them for that money. So yeah. I, was, as a long two months of refunds and cancellations, I mean, I remember waking up on the first billing date of January 10th, and I was just spammed with lots of emails and lots of texts, finding cancellations or frustrations. Doesn't how it's gonna be a long day. Yeah, and so let's explore that acquisition process a yeah. little bit. You guys, you mentioned the idea of training on sales and converting a little bit better. But before we can even have any kind of conversation about sales, we need to get people in the doors in the first yep. place. And so, what was marketing for you? How were you able to to generate leads? And what does that look like for you now moving forward? So one of the biggest ways that right now we're generating leads is through paid social. So um, I, like I said, we have a good budget for paid social and I have a great group. And so they provide me with a lot of good leads. Another way that I do leads is I have a really prime location. It's in Chicago. It's on the side. It's on a busy, busy street in West Loop, right off Madison Street. Uh, if anyone is from Chicago, uh, Madison Morgan. And so it's really good foot traffic, right? And so as it gets warmer, I mean, I'll spend, uh, and as it gets warmer, my team and I, and I have to do a better job too, I have to admit, is going out in the street and literally standing and handing out cards, street hustling, right? It's the old school street hustling. Like you get, and I said, once it starts getting warmer, it's been raining in Chicago the past couple weeks here. Once it starts getting warmer, I'm going to send like, be like, Alona, here's 20 cards. Don't come back till they've got back, you know, hand them out. Like that's what I used to do back when I first ever worked at base camp. Um, as like doing all that work. And so like street hustling is huge, right? Oh, and then members are fantastic. They're one of the prime. I get a lot of members now that bring in their friends, right? And obviously their friends will sell. I think their friends and slash members will sell the workout better than we ever can. Because if they really enjoy it and really passionate about it, then their friends are most likely to sign up and see that passion through them. Yeah. And so, uh, to, I mean, to summarize, marketing, a number of different strategies, right? Yeah. If, we're, if we're reliant on one tool, we're going to live and die by that one tool. If we yeah, have no, more, yeah. more poles in the water, to use a fishing analogy, we're going to have a much better chance of success. And so for you yeah. guys, it comes in a number of different formats. One thing I wanted to dive a little bit deeper on was the paid social idea. And it sounds mm-hmm. like this is outsourced with someone else. Are you guys, is that yeah. with some sort of third party? Yeah. So I use a group called Goodway um, and they handle all my paid social, right? So um, in full transparency, I have a I budgeted around uh, for around four thousand dollars for them, right? Thirty two of that goes to about all the ads, and about eight thousand eight hundred bucks of that goes to just a service fee. Okay, but, so hundred um, bucks yeah, a day, like pretty a, much, right? Yep. Yeah, but the thing about this too is you have to remember is that Basecamp is part of a franchise, right? 
So self-esteem brands who owns Basecamp Fitness, Anytime Fitness, et cetera, has a great relationship with Goodway. And so literally I send send a straight deposit to Goodway. And from there, corporate sends them a bunch of media posts, social media stuff to post, right? So it makes my life very, very easy. Um, But like I said, I think it's huge because on my Instagram feeds, my buddies, we all have Instagram group chats and like, obviously all that um i get people and i've seen people actually scrolling on instagram and base camp pops up my friends will send me it all the time like dude stop with the ads like it's everywhere yeah. it's great you know it's fantastic it's hitting the right people it's hitting the fan- yeah, right demographic right people and i buy the fifth ad you're like all right maybe i'll see what it is right um yeah. that's the okay. funny part about it is people say all the time instagram brought me in or a friend or just i saw something on facebook um and then like at the end of the day a lot of it right now is my biggest thing with business growth, being a new business is culture um, and knowing every member by their first name, creating a positive culture and overall just creating a sense of like really renowned, not respect, but also just um, a really good relationship with your members. I mean, people now come up to me and be like, why do you come into base camp? And they say, because you guys are the talk of the town. I can't, people keep talking about you. And like, that's a great compliment to me. It's just because um, our main competitor down the street, three, two blocks down the street is OTF, Orange Theory Fitness. Mm-hmm. And there's like a crosstown fitness as well, right down the street. It's a very dense market. Um, but like I said, it has like, like this, just that culture that you create. Like people come in first name basis every time. And from there, I just think it's going to be uh, really good from there. Yeah. And, and I think we could talk all day about marketing strategy, sales acumen, but if we don't have a product that's worthwhile on the back end, then none of that's going to make any difference anyway. Yeah, no. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, always, I always say there's no perfect workout, right? Like some people love running, some people like biking, some people like Pilates, right? But what's going to keep them is the way you treat them and the service that you provide them. Like if you come in and you ask, hey, hey, um, Ani, how was your weekend? Like, um, or like, hey, how was that run you did? Like one of my members saw it, he ran a 10K over the weekend. And I texted him Saturday before his 10K, like, dude, good luck on your 10K tomorrow. And then the next day is like, how'd it go? And he's telling me all about it, right? And then you have a mixers, right? I do um, a lot of mixers. And our first mixer is actually at Emporium in West Loop. And it's like a video game arcade with a bar. And we had a great showing. A lot of members got to meet each other. And you just like build great culture. Because I have people that come in and say, hey, I just moved to Chicago. I'm brand new. I'm from out of town. And honestly, I just kind of wanted to meet some people. Right. And meet some friends. And so that's why they come to the group fitness setting. And it's a great opportunity to bring people together. I have members giving each other's rides home now that they never knew before. Mm. Um, and it's great. Like I said, it's more of it's more fun than it is work when members come in. So you just joke around with them, laugh and have a good time. I think that's really yeah. important. Yeah. And, and I mean, all of this, this whole conversation focused on mm. growth and mm. getting people in. But if we can't keep them in. Once yeah, no, make, you're just going to be on this constant yeah. hamster wheel and, and, yeah. and they no want to see you succeed like they're very happy for you and they will help you succeed i mean i have a member now who loves the workout so much that we're doing a charity event for her uh we, we're doing like th- um, two events for her for her work and then we're also doing one for a charity right so she has a charity so we're gonna do a private class for her and her charity and for every mile bike i'll donate a dollar and then for well obviously we let people buy seats in that class it's a great opportunity and then we have some people that want to do like work events here all that stuff it's just like i said your members will if you treat them well and you give them a great service they're going to help you out a lot more they want to see you succeed yeah 100 percent. and and i mean like we've talked about we need to generate leads we need to convert those leads we need to keep yep. those people as customers all of this sounds wonderful and and you mentioned yeah. we started at 350 took a dip now we're climbing back yep. up what do you back. think is that ceiling for you guys how much what do you think that you can handle in the longer run so I get asked this actually a lot, right? And so I know 
I honestly, my honest answer is I'm not sure because like I said, I can add classes on, get more coaches, right? And I can fit 42 people in a class max. So what I always say is eight to a thousand, 800 to a thousand members. I think it's comfortable. Still I know the plenty only, of room for growth there then. Yeah. I know Orange Theory down the street uh, had like 1200 members before COVID. Then Orange Theory in Minnesota here, right next to the base camp opened up and they had 1200 on their presale list because when group fitness and, um, and no offense, they want group fitness, but when Orange Theory and base camp open up next to each other, people that want to do group fitness or work out, look at Orange Theory and know someone's done it. It's a good workout. They're going to work out. It's a result. But when you see base camp, like Joe, you never knew what Basecamp was, um, the workout you're not familiar with, right? So that's the brand awareness that gets sound. So for me, to answer your question, I think 600 to 1,000 is good uh, to be comfortable with, obviously making great money, but also you just add on more classes. And I think a little cap, I'd probably cap around 900 to 1,000. Yeah. And so to have a little bit of fun with this and, and yeah. to future pace this thing out, 600 to 1,000, say we get there, we hit cap, what comes next for you? Um, so, uh, well, by that time, I mean, uh, hopefully I have some more studios open. Um, right now I'm just debating on opening another studio. So we actually have been, like I said, the past two months since February in February, end of February, I was at 175, um, sitting today I'm at 264, right? So we're growing back really quickly. Um, we had a great month last month, this month we're doing fantastically and we're on a chart. We're just doing really, really good growth, especially in Chicago where I know like rumbles struggling, berries are struggling. A lot of places are just struggling, struggling, struggling. And I feel for them. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'm here to grow base camp in Chicago and I'm here to, like I said, take them down in a sense. And so I am on a great path for growth and we got great momentum and a great team. And so honestly, like I'm starting to look to, expand here to more locations so when i get to a thousand members i'm hoping to have maybe uh, three four studios at a time i mean yeah. um orange series has been open for six years four years in west loop and they have now 500 some members they used to have a thousand crosstown fitness been open for seven years they probably got like i don't know how many members they got. i've never really asked but I, someone told me like 1400 ones but they also have three locations so it could be a joint membership right so I'm just hoping, like I said, from there, the, the, my mindset is just grow, grow memberships, grow studios, grow base camp in Chicago to where like, it's the talk of the city. It's the best group fitness in Chicago um, and have an amazing team that can oversee it all. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, like we said, this, this is on a, an upward trajectory yeah. now to play devil's advocate here. From yeah, of course. Iconic, do you anticipate anything any challenges popping up what do you think is yeah. going to be the the hard part of this the hard part is going to be if a vaccine a mass mandate comes back in or a COVID. it's gonna be all COVID related i think um like i said coaches a lot of orange street coaches the reason i can get such good talent is because of my upscale my potential right my there's no ceiling where if you're a fitness manager at orange series like most likely orange there's not gonna be many orange series popping up around you because they're already there for me i can get the best talent because I, I eventually I pay them. Hey, I invest a lot of my money I spend on employees. I invest highly in my employees and also like in talent. And so I sell my employees and my coaches on the vision of upscale potential. Like, hey, obviously this is number one thing. What happens when there's four or two or, or six, yeah. right? And so I sell them on that. And I think that's huge. And obviously to answer your question again too, like besides COVID, I don't see much honestly, because as long as we keep our culture really strong, have a great st in staff, 
I mean, an another answer for you could be like maybe a staffing issue, right? Like some staffing, I need to just um, get rid of coaches or front desk because of maybe their uh, attitudes, the way they treat members, stuff like that. Besides that, like, I mean, oh, I think people really enjoy a workout or product. And I think that um, overall, like, we're just, it's the way, if we keep treating people the way we treat them and the culture we have, we're going to do great. Yeah. And figuring out how to get people in and how to keep them is the real name yeah. of the game, yeah. right? Yeah. And at it's, the end of the day, I don't worry about, like you said, like double advocate's a great card to play, but I find it's a factor I can't control. I like to not focus on it because on. like I said, our mindset right now is how can we grow? How can we get more events? How can we do this, this, and that? And if COVID, we have another, we have a spike or mass come back, like we can't fight that. We can't do anything about it, right? We'll have to adapt. And it's going to hurt us, of course. But like I said, we will be back. Um, it'll just take time. Yeah. And, and I, find, I mean, I have this conversation with a lot of gym owners really, really yeah. often. And the ones that are worried about what everybody else is doing mm -hmm. aren't focused on what they are internally doing. No. And that's when oh. things start to fall no. apart. So. No, like I said, I want them to worry about me, but at the end of the day, like I got enough to worry about my team. Like I always said, like, I got enough to worry about with you guys. You guys make me worry all day. It's a joke, um, but no, they're fantastic. And we just focus on our own selves. Cause like I said, we're a new business, we're a new studio. And I know deep down that we're making our neighbors nervous a little bit. So nothing beats that. Nope. Nothing Connick, beats that's it. a, that's a pretty good place to, to start to wrap this whole thing up. Um, yeah. Before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about your specific club is there social media to find yeah so we have uh, our instagram is basecamp west loop right basecamp fitness west loop chicago um that's us and so you can always instagram dm us there uh very responsive myself or my team members always see it right but like i said if i had to come down to what really helped this business and us take off is a even though you want to save expenses um try to invest as much as you can in top tier talent i think is huge um rewarding your employees for their hard work like say like, fitness doesn't pay well pay them better um number two is culture members first name basis create a positive culture introducing members to each other i think is huge and number three is providing the best service possible keeping your studio as clean as possible and keeping yourself in check i think that one day if you start the studio get sloppy get dirty dust balls in the corner you're paying 200 bucks for a premium service you gotta act like it all right so that's my big three things from there. Um, besides that, Basecamp Fitness West Loop, that's us. My name is Connick. Um, and if you have any questions, you ever want to reach out to me, ask me anything. Like I said, I'm still young. I got a lot to learn. So please reach out. I love the chat. Oh, yeah. Connick, I appreciate your time, man. I find that the more often gym owners and, and the business ownership yeah. you can have this type of conversation, the better everybody does. And that's really what this industry needs right now is, is yeah. a big bounce back. So man, I appreciate your time. I'm excited to see what this looks like for you down the road. We'll have to get you, you back on at some point in the future. Hopefully, hopefully it goes, hopefully I'm on and it goes well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, continue that upward trajectory. That's yeah, yeah. the goal at least. Connick, man, thank you. Good. Thank you for your time. And, and to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as yeah, well. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you guys. First podcast felt great. So under appreciate the belt, it. got him in. And, and to everyone who wants to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. We'll be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.